so I just find it interesting that of all the things that like people keep on jumping on and liking, it's a, I think kind of boring photo that I didn't even want to post anyway, but I thought it added to the the vibe of the horological society post I made. Okay. And people keep on jumping on it. And then this guy, um, Dexter that I know from, uh, Portland, Oregon, actually, I can't remember. I think I know him through like one of the online car groups. I think it was Gearhead Boners. Yeah. I oh, think. It's that one, the Esprit photo. Right? So let yeah. me get there, yeah, Justin. Yeah. I'm getting to it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a cool yellow Esprit. It's a, I, yeah, twin turbo V8. But people keep on like jumping on it. It's like, I, I just, I don't know. Even like our our post that's like promoting our brand and our merch and stuff isn't getting this kind of attention. It's probably the algorithm, the, the almighty algorithm, um, as I hold our. Or plunger. plunger. As it <laughs> as you plunge the table. <laughs> suck. I think I, I did I think it. I got that. <laughs> I I look forward to hearing that later. Uh, um but yeah, this guy uh Purr, who is he he has some cars, like seven twenty S and like D V eleven and like yeah, just really. pocket change. Yeah, he has he has some cool shit and like goes out with the. Uh, well, he was he was at the Valkyrie launch, I think, as well. And like his yeah. wife is like super like well known and connected politically and like all sorts of like crazy shit. Damn. Um, and so he commented. Um, well, Dexter commented, "Is that a fucking Celine S seven next to it?" And I said, "Twin turbo one at that." And then Per chimed uh, in and said, "Twin turbo V8 Lotus Esprit, yes, but not a Celine S7. Still a super cool and <laughs> cheap car." Um, and then Dexter said, "The car next to it, though." He's like, "Oh wait, I see the Celine now. Is that a turbo or the original NA?" And I s- just commented, "I was told the S7 was a TT car owned by our favorite actor Bongwater." Mm-hmm. Um, but I might be getting it twisted, so we'll see what he has to say. Oh, he said that's legit. Yes, it is. Per. Yes, it is. Um. Anyways, what the fuck is up, dude? Um, we are recording not on a Sunday morning, but on a Wednesday afternoon because I'm gonna be busy on Sunday, and so we, I want to keep us consistent. So agreed. Welcome to the chat, dog. Yeah. Um. I did see a funny thing on the way home to here. I saw my first Ford Lightning. Oh, really? On the road, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it had plates from the Ford dealer just down the road, so it's probably one of the the first-ish ones to arrive at the Leighton dealer. I've seen, like, three of them. Yeah. Uh, Three or four of them. My first one was, like, around 9th and 9th area. I've seen them, like, on the highway before. Mm -hmm. Um, They can be pretty under the radar if you're not, like, very well-versed. Like, it looks, uh, for all intents and purposes, identical to an F-150 except for headlight change. I think taillight change and a badge on the side where F-150 would go. And the big uh, grill. The, the grill's all filled in compared to... Yeah, but like yeah. if you see it driving by, like at a quick glance, like most people, especially, yeah. like that's why I say if you're well-versed and if you know what, you know, the car, what the truck is, then sure. It's not a car or it's not a truck that screams like, hey, everyone, look at me. I'm a new EV truck. Unlike the Rivian. Which, I mean... I think the Rivian's one of the ones that's done that best because quite often... I think it's done it great. Because yeah. quite often they've done that I'm not saying that's a bad thing, by no, the way. Agreed. Yeah. No, in, in this case, I agree. Like, I think Rivian is an example of someone who's done that well. Oh, where, yeah. Where it looks different, but in a good way. But then you go look at some other examples. You can find, like, the BMW i3 is an example. It's like, it looks different, but, like, to most people, Are not... Are talking about EVs in general? EVs in general, yeah. yeah. Where it's like, it looks a little too different to be comfortable. I think the, e, the, the i3 is cute still. Yeah. I still classify that as cute. Um, But the new iXs, like... That's that's the new BMW EV uh, vehicle. I need to verse myself real quick. Yeah, um, I think it's the iX. Just just Google BMW iX. There there will be other pre or post fixes later. Uh, mm. Yeah, those are also here. Those also exist, and that is not done well. <laughs> like so, remember what we were just talking about? Of you know, with uh, BMWs disappointing us, which is which is not really news. Um, what is news, kind of, uh, as we're recording this, is the new M2 officially dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, still ugly, like the M4 and M3 and the two series that it's based on. 
Um, it's not as hideous as like M3, M4, because I don't think anything can really touch that. <sighs> hopefully. Um, I mean, hopefully there isn't a BMW moment where they go hold my beer, but, um, they're going to rehire Bangle. <laughs> honestly, Bangle did a much better job yeah, than, than whoever this. the fuck is heading this now. They could really use Chris Bangle. I know. But the Bangle series were at least like, although they weren't attractive and very like dated and timestamped themselves in the mid 2000s. I mean, they're based as fuck though. At the exactly <laughs> at, at, at the same time, they weren't that offensive. Yeah, you know, these things are so far the opposite direction that they're just brash in a extraordinarily. It's gaudy almost way. art though. It's almost art. Almost. Keep going. I mean, art is subjective, and you know, you could you could start to look into it deeper, but I'm not going to do that. Some people like an overbite. I mean. <laughs> Some people yeah. like overbites. Some people, I mean, you should see the things that people do with tattoos on piercings on their face. Yep. So, you know, God bless. Uh, um, I was going somewhere with this. I, I guess, yeah, the new M2 dropped. It's, you know, going to be another probably what B58 derived. It has, a, I know it has a manual. Yep. Um, here, maybe. Yep. Uh, ja hey, Jamie, can you Google that? Okay. <laughs> hey, Jamie, look that up. BMW M2. Okay, I'll bring this up. If I can find my cursor. There Ooh. it is. Also, while you were doing that, got distracted, and 2023 Porsche Cayman GT4 R <clears throat> RS in paint-to-sample Ruby Star with indigo blue wheels. Second PTS GT4 RS in the States. Damn. Interesting. Um, They're coming. Okay, so I have this. It doesn't actually say what engine it is, but 453 horsepower, so... I mean, I mean, yeah, on it, up. everything's fast. Yeah. Um, so that's the same car that you were showing me before, right? Yes. Okay. So I, I wanted to confirm because when I saw those photos, I assumed it was the same thing. I didn't actually confirm. Yeah. Um, but Dynan made a post about, they, I guess they just made a post about the new M2. Yeah. It sounds like they, in the post, they said, allegedly, you know, they're going to be making all their normal tuning shit to it. And oh yeah. Potentially yeah. looking at a new front bumper, but like, I mean, well, and Vorsteiner tried doing that with, um, with body kits or like front ends for the M3s. Yeah. Looking at this, what, or M4s. what, what bugs me so much about this is it doesn't really have the beaver teeth, but it has dimples. <laughs> you know, well, okay, I'm not that mad about dimples or about, like, the the bulging, like, front quarter, like, extractors. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like the headlight design and the, hmm, can you pull up a, a, new, a new tab mm -hmm. with uh, just the M240? Because I think it really shines best here. Um, it's... Just the fucking proportions about how lo crazy long that front end is with the tiny headlights, a super fucking short uh, greenhouse. Yeah. And then a stubby ass with tiny taillights. Yeah, and I've noticed the tiny ass with the tiny taillights before with just the regular, like, two series like the M240 that I've seen around. Yeah, so that's not good. No. That's really not good. And No. <laughs> who? I just don't understand who let that pass. I like the purple, though. I yeah. fuck with the purple. Good color. Yeah. Um, no, looking at this, looking at a little closer now. Actually, can you look at the front of the 240 just so we can go back and forth? Let's just... Yeah, that roller. Uh, yep, yeah, right there. Okay. So that versus that. Uh, uh, if I had to choose between the lesser of two evils, I kind of prefer this but, and, oh, over yeah. the big square. Yeah. The For listeners, the 240... Um, there's more of an elegance to it, and I think the M department might have just got handed a bad hand, and we're told to make the M240 more aggressive and more aggro, and they definitely did. I don't agree with their direction. See, it basically looks like what they did here is be like, okay, there's too much nothing going on here, because if you look at the M240, it's a lot of blank space doing nothing. There's some dead space, but then you have like these triangles that are coming up Yeah, at like a weird... And they have a weird point too that almost seems to go up into the like center towards the well, center. Well, yeah, it crosses that crease of that part of the bumper, which is also strange. You would think that they might want to line that up, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, and no, I mean, I, I I'm in agreement with you. It, definitely a lesser of two evils. Definitely the 240i over the uh, the new M2. And this grill looks positively normal compared to 
most of the other ones. It's all relative, yeah. right? So this is very relative <laughs> compared to the most of the rest of the BMW yeah. lineup. That grill yeah. looks average. Um, yeah, it looks fine. This one, I actually was just thinking, this one reminds me of the grill on like, I'll try to find a photo reference on my phone real quick instead of trying to dig through on here, but it looks like an old semi-truck grill and I'm going to find well, the reference. I don't know it. if anyone has said this yet. I haven't heard any other uh, podcasts or car reviews. Mm-hmm. There was once a very famous German leader that uh, uh, shared a similar <laughs> front end with this BMW M2. A, a similar split front end. Mm-hmm. 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 I, yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> quite the inspiration. Um, uh, yeah, that would be. I mean, t- ironic. I mean, y- you see it. I-, I do. Oh yeah. No, that looks just. As <laughs> I, don't squared- think, I don't think you can unsee it now. <laughs> no, I, that looks just as squared off too. <laughs> Pretty much. There's like a little bit of a rounded edge on like the bottom outside, like you know, on the left, the bottom left, and on the right, the bottom right. Wow. But yeah, that's not gone terribly well. I I mean, I will commend or sorry, commend them on their uh, box flares. On the for like the fenders, like for the haunches. Yeah, I love that. Look, I like that, that awesome. stance. The, mm-hmm. uh, can we? Can you scroll down maybe and find like a rear shot? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's an actiony shot. And there we wonder go. who did the photography here. Let's see. It might show on this page. If you scroll down, uh, Brian. Oh, uh, that's the writer. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. No clue. Um. I mean, quad I, pipes. I mean, okay. I, I like the placement of the quad pipes. I like this lower than all of this going on up here. I don't. I like this. I don't hate the rear end as much as I hate the front end, which is how I still feel kind of about the two forty. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't mind the pipes. I don't mind the diffuser, and I don't mind. Are those actually vents, or are those black plastic underneath the tail lights on the edge? I'm gonna guess they're black plastic. Probably. In fact, I'm gonna guess they're black plastic housing a reflector because you have to have a reflector in that area. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Either either that or because that's where why a lot of cars... I could see like um like a honeycomb plastic insert like a la oh who else has done that has Mustang done that think so yeah something like that it's like a flat piece of plastic with an added like layer of honeycomb you know hex yeah so you go i mean what's funny is you can see those box flares we just switched to another picture it's a rear three quarter and you can definitely see the see on the front actually yeah i can see it on that photo i can see on the front way better than the rear the rear kind of disappears but um keep going oh there you go i mean that's not a bad shot i like it yeah from like a full-on 90 it's not terrible. Yeah, if you just eliminate the front and rear end. <laughs> it's well, it's actually like um they went into Photoshop and they took a new like the old M2 mm-hmm. and a new design and they layered them. Like, you know, the M2 the old car being on the bottom layer and the new car being on the top layer and all they did they had a whole new car, whole new design looks co- everything 100% of it is completely different yep. and they took um a history remove brush and just did a whole thing on the top like third yep. because that roof line, I mean the top of it is a little more flat like like on the actual roof roof. Yeah. But everything else is pretty fucking close to the old car. Like the way how the wind, the A pillar in the windshield comes up and then it, you know, becomes horizontal and the way it slopes down in the back is very similar to the previous two series. Yeah. Just everything below that belt line is completely different. And it looks like a, just a hodgepodge, really. To me, at least. Yeah, it doesn't really fit very well. Actually, come to think. And I've heard things about the new cockpit. Uh, they definitely have a new interior design language that's going on with a huge fucking screen. Like Con- everybody. Well, you know what? This also reminds me of. Actually, does it? Does this remind you of anything? It looks Mercedes. Oh, it's, because it's both screens all in one big. That looks plane. a little too tall to be Mercedes. You know what that reminds me of? What's that? The new S650 Mustang. Oh yeah. That looks straight up, like almost ripped out. Interesting. I just Oh, and they have the fucking M4 comp seats. They have the cro- the the ball and the cock and ball torture holder. Yes, right in the seats. Center. Yeah, that I haven't sat in them. I've heard people say they're fucking stupid. Um I would be inclined to agree. <laughs> that doesn't look like that would be a comfortable thing. Uh, yeah, especially it, for like long distance trips and stuff like imagine driving that, you know, across country. 
And on top of that, it's not adjustable. So, like, let's say you're somebody with some rather thick thighs. That's yeah. going to be digging into the inside of your thigh. Right, yeah. That just doesn't work. Our, I guess all the Germans are just, like, really tall, lanky sticks. Apparently. Like, like and Andy Preuninger at Porsche mm -hmm. is, like, a... T very tall blonde haired German that is a stick yeah <laughs> and looking at this like I just don't see the point for that yeah this car is gonna be a fun Kenny driver yeah like maybe occasionally someone will take it out for a track day but like that's just so unnecessary to keep like your legs in check well yeah so the previous M2 and how I presume the next M2 is also supposed to be is a daily driver first mm -hmm. something that you do drive to the office yeah. That you can take up a canyon. You can easily take to the track. Yeah. With very minimal adjustments, like down your tire pressures, flush out your brake fluid, and maybe put some new pads in. And then you're like great for like all day at the track. I don't think that has changed at all. But <laughs> these seats um, basically eliminate any kind of uh, positive. I don't know attribute to what would make it a great daily driver. They're trying to it's like they're trying to distract you with the big screen and the complicated knobs and buttons on the wheel and stuff. And also in addition to that added these race buckets to say, "Oh yes, and you can also go to the track." But it's like this is still the same car. Like they're they're it's just trying to be a jack of all trades and master of none cuz I'm sure that also rides incredibly stiff i'm sh i'm sure of it oh yeah especially being a lighter weight be modern bmw like sure. lighter weight in quotes right but i mean yeah the heavier stuff that they, they try to overspring mm -hmm. to you know keep up the you know be stay competitive with lap times while also maintaining a four thousand pound curb weight because like cars are just getting bigger and they're getting faster and they're getting heavier like bigger footprint more power yep and also, you know, higher curb weight. So, like, I think the new M3 is over 4K, and I think the M4 is, like, around 4K. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if the M5 is touching, like, 4,200. Oh, the M5 was, like, a 45, probably, 100-pound car? I mean, the M5 is a big old, you know, bruiser sedan. I'm talking about, like, smaller... Co well, <laughs> smaller. <laughs> um, I'm just talking about the, the actual sports cars. Um, 43.45 for the M5. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, like kind of split the difference between me and you we're both not that far off yeah um but either way a big car like you think of there, there's two reasons that cars have primarily gotten heavier they have gotten dimensionally somewhat bigger but also they have the, it's mainly all the added technology like electronics technology safety to uh, safety just oh, design yeah. Oh, yeah. all the above and well it's interesting because their footprint is getting bigger but the interior space is actually not really growing that much it's actually oh. shrinking in some cases uh, yeah because, like, my, the biggest car volume-wise that was a standard mid-size car I ever owned was my Audi 200. It was fucking cavernous inside. Well, it was also a car that was that came out in the 90s but designed in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was that was the thing. Like, tiny A-pillars, a um, great greenhouse, just letting a oh. bunch of light in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ver versus now, like, even my 2003 S6 of, you know, which was its kind of successor later on in life, it was still okay fair but not quite as much greenhouse and then we get even to now to like well that's an 18 year old car now i know which is also weird and then now we get to like the modern uh c8 just cars in general like yeah. c8 all road or the c8 rs6 either yeah. one yeah and it's just like holy shit i feel like i'm in tron yeah yeah i mean i i, I quite like the rs6 though i do too it uh, is still very good but yeah it's just that is one of the few cars that i think actually lives up to the hype i think it did because it was it took everything that we didn't get that was good about the c7 and c7.5 and then just well, improved it. well yeah like the interior is like actually not bespoke to that ch even that chassis like the same interior and shrunken down to a smaller size is available in the s3 mm -hmm. and and available in everything from the s3 normal like mid-size sedan stuff available in the uh sq8 rsq8 like their suvs and shit um it's not that that's special but it really was a fantastic combination of a great place to be that's probably the best ride like suspension like the best ride i have there, there was a moment where on the highway 
driving up to pick up fucking Derek after, because he hit a fucking deer in his Lexus at yeah, 100 yeah. miles an hour. Yes, yeah. Derek, I'm dragging you for this. <laughs> you played stupid games. You're going to win stupid fucking prizes. Yep. Um, so went up to go save my buddy Derek because he was on the side of the road. Well, when I picked him up, he was at a gas station because he got a lift from a um, from a tow truck. But still. Yeah. Um, and But there was a moment where I was just like cruising at like 80 on the highway. Radar cruise was on. It's like comfort mode, just chill out mode. Mm-hmm. And it was like taking like an edible or something. It was just like super serene, almost borderline out of body experience. It didn't even feel like driving. It felt maybe like closer to, I don't know, like par- like gliding, like, like actually like a pair, like a gliding through the sky kind of thing. It, and I actually vividly remember, um, Back in 2013-ish, I believe, when Chris Harris pitted the C7 RS6 Avant to, with the GTR, the Nissan GTR, and yeah. th- that YouTube video where he's like, this is so bizarre, because like, okay, yeah, the GTR launched a little harder, of course, it weighs like several hundred pounds less, and several other things, but the Audi outbraked the GTR, and then, yeah. of course, is stupidly comfortable because his also had the same, just a previous version I mean, of the air They do different sus- things, though. They do. But his also had a previous version of the air suspension, like what Nate's had, where right. it's just can oh do almost anything. Oh, my God. Because it's like you can just sit here and ride on a cloud. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you push a button and it lowers two inches and you're just sitting oh, there. Yeah ready to pounce oh well the, the cool thing about nate's car too you know you download an app and you can drop it like it's a show car just to the ground yes which is pretty sweet considering it's really fucking cool. it's stock yeah all the hardware like you don't change any hardware you just download an app on your phone and you just drop it like it's hot um well, because it is hot yeah um anyways we like to talk about audis uh let's maybe go away from that uh, a little bit diversify. Um, I did see back in the article that it's a, a variation on the S58 engine. Let's see. Scroll up. Yeah. 453 horsepower variant of the M- M's twin turbo S58 inline six. Yep. Six speed manual standard. I don't know if they're going to offer an auto. Uh, eight speed auto. Yeah. Yep. Which I- is. The ZF. We know uh, it's a tried and true. I find it funny that a lot of other manufacturers besides the Volkswagen Audi group have gone on this arc of like single clutch, dual clutch, and how we're now a lot of them are back to just those yeah. ZF eight speed autos because they're mm. so good. They are good. Um it's not quite a ZF eight speed auto, but I was actually um I drove a stinger yesterday. Oh really? I did. That's funny. Yeah, a red stinger, actually. Okay. Funny enough. Um I was helping our buddy Andrew Casey, shout out Andrew Casey, OG fans of the podcast of the podcast 1.0 will remember him. Um, yeah, he hit me up and he was like, "Hey, can you help me come do my brakes on the GTI?" I'm like, "Okay, nice." Um, I get there, he and his girlfriend had already done the front half, and I was supposed to help with the back half. Holy shit, dude! One of the, like uh, this carrier pin would not fucking move. Did he talk to you? Did he hit you up? We broke three wrenches. Nice. Yeah, so if you have any tips of how to get a rear, you know, carrier pin out. Uh, but what I was getting at was uh, we did a bunch of runs to local car part, car, car part shops. Yeah, yeah. Um, we went to an AutoZone three times. We went to an O'Reilly's once. And we went to an Ace Hardware once. Like, just trying to find, like, the specific um, triple square for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyways... Uh, but I, I did drive his uh, his stinger, and it gave me the fizz that I a fizz that I haven't had in many other much more exciting cars, which is interesting. It, it is interesting. Yeah, that, that's surprising to hear you say that. That that still gave you the fizz. The way, yeah, the way that it just delivered power, just like even ex- like punching it out of corners, like th- like it gave me a fizz in a way that like say the C8 Corvette did not give me a fizz. It was interesting. Yet again, I come back to that engine put in something else would be amazing. That's what I'm saying. Cut a thousand pounds out of it in a mid-engine sports car. Like ta-da, t- you're done. Yes, because like may- maybe have a sportier, more of like a sports coupe-like interior, but you know, move the cockpit forward, put the engine behind you. Um, maybe have some transaxle variant. 
to make it a rear-wheel drive car. Well, and a- actually, that's kind of already been done. So you remember that DeLorean? Uh, which DeLorean? So there was a custom-made DeLorean. Oh, the Stinger GT one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They used a 996 gearbox, and according to yeah. that article, it was not difficult to mount up. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. there you go. Um, um, that's owned by a guy on Instagram called Lamberfuckingini. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he still has it, but shout out to that dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, that yeah, that car seemed like, seemed like a riot, like, in a way that old cars are fun. Like, mm-hmm. not the same. You no. Know? I mean, like, the what, what I'm trying to, you know, promote is, an, like, an eight-speed auto flappy paddle gearbox mounted on the rear or in between the engine and the rear. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, have like a 3,500, 3,200-pound sports car. I don't no, know. no, I think that'd be great. And I agree with you. My main point was that, like, I was really excited to see that engine in something else. Like, somebody actually take that engine and, and use it for a project. Oh, you yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I would like Kia internally to do something like that. It would just be so cool. Even if it wasn't mid-engine. Even if it was a, like, front-engine but rear-wheel drive longitudinal two-door platform. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I could see that as, I mean, that would be easier for them. I could see them yeah. closer to doing that. Um, I mean, at that point, they'd be just chopping off inches uh, in between, like, like within the wheelbase. Yeah. Uh, and, I don't know. I was kind of disappointed that they, they do, they've done a bunch with that engine. It's in the G70, the G80, the G90, etc. Like, yeah, it's in other things, yeah. but nothing else quite as exciting as the Stinger or the G70. You right. Know, those are the two most exciting well, things. Well, maybe we need in. to make a to have a project car for our channel. I know. And we'll just buy <laughs> a Singer GT engine and gearbox and we'll hire Wes Kagan. <laughs> yeah. And we'll just like figure it out with like a two-frame chassis and like design some bodywork to go around it. What could possibly go wrong, Justin? Quite a few things. What could possibly? <laughs> oh, okay. Money is one. Um, What's that? But I, don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, I don't know either. <laughs> um, actually, here you go. Take Here's an idea for a conglomeration. Uh-oh. No, this isn't a bad one. Literally take a Miata. Yeah. I don't want to do like a Miata swap thing, though. Okay. I mean, I like Miatas. Also, like, you're talking about expensive. Like, Miatas are expensive now. True. True, true. Um, yeah. No, I'd rather take, like... Honestly, like a like find a salvage title first gen Cayman. Do okay. that. I mean, people have done. There's a dude who did a uh, a, a Coyote five O swap in one of those. Oh boy, <laughs> that's not only going to be tight, but that's a lot of like a car that fucks. Power. Yeah, a car that fucks. Um, you know, Farrah did a one take of that like in 2017. I want to say. Yeah, he drove that. I think in. Is it Angelus Crest? I think he drove an Angelus Crest. Um, yeah. I mean, he said very good things about it. He quite enjoyed it. Hey. As I mean, someone who also loves Porsches, but also likes Ford products, like he, he had great things to say about it. There's it was, a marriage that shouldn't have been. Well, yeah. And like, well, that that's that was part of the thesis, but um, the way like that specific car was like screwed together, like it was put together like really well. It wasn't just, it ended up going to SEMA, but isn't like a typical SEMA car, you know? It's an actually functional one. Yeah. 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 No, and there's, ah, man, there's so many different worlds that I wish existed. Another one that I, I keep seeing things, because I'm in all the Volkswagen Audi groups, I keep seeing this Alltrack, the Alltrack that's been uh, RS3 swapped, five-cylinder, and oh. all drivetrain. And yeah. I'm like, that's something that I wish actually existed from the manufacturer. Yeah, well, um, it's funny, Mighty Car Mods um, has been doing a thing, not with Audis, mm-hmm. but um, they took a Subaru Levorg. Because they actually get the Lavork there, but they actually made their own STI. Nice. So dropped engine and trans. Uh, they pulled interior. They took off the front end and did a full OEM swap. Yeah, you know, they even it was STI exhaust all the way to the tips, and they have just like Lavork tips because it looks like clean a factory. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, they took an STI that had been previously wrapped around a fucking tree. Like, yeah, the entire driver side of that was completely dicked. It was just, it was done. So, yeah, they pulled the engine, like they did a service on it, threw it in there with the gearbox. Yeah. They pulled the interior stuff, so like the STI seats and like gauge cluster and like all that stuff, threw that in the Lavorg. 
they took just the SCI like front end, like the front uh, clip, and like they painted it black like the Lavorg and threw it on there, and it looks so fucking good. I approve. Yeah. Granted, I haven't followed them in many years. However, they they've been putting out a lot of good stuff recently. Yeah, and I followed them way back in the early days, like eight, nine, ten. You know. Yeah. When they were doing a lot of their early stuff. Yeah. And. There wasn't necessarily a reason I dropped off, but like I've always, anytime I've come back to them and just randomly watched a couple yeah. of videos, M- Marty and Moog have always been great. You know, I didn't really care that much about what they were doing until, like, I enjoyed the VTEC Mini one, but that's kind of because I was already interested in the idea of a VTEC Mini anyway. I actually already knew Mark yeah. at that point, Mark Bremer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard about like what they were doing, and I tuned in, and I binged the, that entire series. Um, but I didn't really start caring that much about what they were doing until they did just some like some Honda Civic stuff like this past year, just some really clean Civic builds. And then, like they've been doing these meme cars of like uh, the sex spec cars from like back in like the 2010s or whatever, yep, or like the 2000s. Um, th- those have been entertaining to to look at because. Yeah, it's just like a bunch of wild shit was happening at that time, and oh, they're yeah. like revisiting, and like they get to feel old, which is kind of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I have been tuning into more of their stuff recently. Uh, their 180SX build, I didn't really watch at all. Um, I've been tuning into the, the Lavorg thing because, like, I've always liked the Lavorg. It the the Lavorg has always seemed like a modern interpretation of my fourth gen Outback XT. Gotcha. And I just pulled up a picture because I actually have not even seen one. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I've seen some pictures. I just didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, but is that not like a modern interpretation of my old Outback? Yeah, I think very similar because like the modern... It's the mo- actually a wagon, not an SUV. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Huh. So that with an STI, you know, EJ257 with the six-speed. Yeah. I'm like, pretty good. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I even loved... Um, a few years ago, actually, it's been quite a while because these guys have been on, uh, not on YouTube for a minute. Them and Roadkill had a special together that was yeah. pretty good, actually. Well, because they're they're making actual money at Motor Trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, not uh, not YouTube money, right? Yeah, and that's actually a funny one. I, not to tangent too much off of this, but I remember when that a decision got announced that like yeah. at the end of the year or whatever they were taking all when the stuff down. When was that? Like 2015, 16? Mm-hmm. Or maybe 17? It was a few years ago though. I remember when that it got announced but they're like we're going to keep everything on to the end of the year and then at the end of the year everything's going to transition over to Motor Trend yeah. On Demand. Yeah. Um, and I remember it's one of those situations where you have like people all lit up on fire. Oh my God, you're going to kill yourself. Oh my, you know, all that kind of stuff. But like from I've never actually subscribed to Motor Trend on Demand, but from what I've seen, I all the either. most of those shows still exist. I think there's only been a couple that have actually gone the way of the Dodo, but they all seem to be for the most part thriving pretty well. Yeah, I mean, um, one of the bigger inspos for me, um, not just getting into but maintaining this desire to create this kind of car te- content that we do mm-hmm. um, was the early uh, Carlos Lagos. Uh, like pair up with him and Johnny Lieberman at Motor Trend because it was them doing the head to head and the ignition would, you know, either one of them would have been doing ignition um, at one time. Yeah. Um, And then Camisa came in and replaced uh, Carlos. And um, I mean, that also like kind of went up in flames uh, a few years ago as well. And yeah, Camisa left and ended up starting up that is easy me yep. doing car content and then now at Haggerty just absolutely crushing it. Oh yeah. Um, I'm saying, um, a lot and I hate that about myself. Um, uh, uh, but it's, it's after the work day. I'm, I'm forgiving myself. We're, it's definitely a Wednesday evening. Oh my God. It's a fucking Wednesday. Uh, but anyways, like, um, things like that. I'm surprised more little oh, things like that haven't happened. Go ahead. What I was going to say, um, I was listening to this interview that Farah was doing with some uh, German uh, podcast guy. They kind of ended up talking about like Tesla stuff and self-driving and EVs and Naturally. how self-driving isn't real. Um, but 
Matt was getting into his beginnings and talking about how he he first started uh, not for, at very first, but he was talking about his time at at Drive, which it turned into the Drive, which is now the Auto News site. But it was the Drive Network, so there was like his show, uh, Tuned. Uh, Mike Musto had Big Muscle. There were other shows that uh, Mike Spinelli was doing, and like w- with other guys that I grew up watching. Um. And in 2014, they proposed, not just proposed, but started to go in the direction of the subscription model. Yes. Which, like, how many fucking subscriptions can you list now that people commonly, pretty popularly, like, subscribe to? There's, you know, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Peacock. Spotify. Well, that's not video, but. Well, yeah, but. But, like, with television. Mm-hmm. Like how many things? How many subscriptions do people have? A lot. When when Drive announced that they were going to a subscription eight years ago, there were fucking pitchforks. People were saying, "How fucking dare you start charging money for something that you've been giving to us for free for so many years?" Mm-hmm. And it just completely backfired on them. And it's just really interesting to see how that has flipped on its head with Motor Trend doing well. With all these subscription models coming from major, uh, I don't even want to say content creators because it's not who they are. They are corporations. But, you know, companies like Peacock, HBO Plus, or whatever it's yeah. called, um, Amazon, Netflix, like all these other things. Like, oh, yeah, they were they were kind of ahead of their time, weren't they? They're, they're content conglomerations. Cause yeah. It, it, like, they make some content, but a, a good majority of it is content from other people that they bring it under their they aren't licenses. solely content created like apple tv mm-hmm. like that yeah like they do they hmm no they don't create the content themselves they fund the content yeah <laughs> but they are not behind the cameras making the shit whereas like you or i or todd and paul or mm-hmm. matt and zach or whatever you know and it's i do know that a lot of it comes down to both time and place and to like approach and, and I yeah. wasn't paying attention to the drive at the time, so I can't comment on any of those, but I can comment on the fact that that was a little early. You know, it was very it, early. Because that was Netflix um, eight years ago, roughly. Netflix had been a subscription model for a couple years at that point. House of Cards was uh, the first real piece of content that was really making money for Netflix at that point. Mm-hmm. Because that came out in, like, what, 2012, 2013? Yeah, I think And so. I remember, like... House when House of Cards came out, I was like, "Oh, Netflix ain't playing. They like, they ain't fucking around anymore." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they were them, and I think Hulu had just started up at that point as well. But they were really the only two. I mean, this is pre YouTube Premium. This is pre so many things that are so common now. When did YouTube Premium come out? That was I think sixteen, I think sixteen, seventeen. I yeah. think something like that. But this was pre a lot of things, and so. I can imagine, depending on how dedicated their fan base is versus how, like, um, and how much content that they create, when you're trying to hide that behind a paywall, you kind of have to be careful because you, you have to make sure that, like, the customer feels like they're getting enough. Motor Trend had the glorious, uh, you know, position of having so many different things that they made. Well, The Drive had, like, seven or so shows. They had a few shows, but maybe not as much as Motor Trend, I guess. Well, and Motor Trend, I, I think what happened is in the initial Motor Trend on demand launch, all of the Top Gear went behind that as well. That's what did it. Mm-hmm. That that Top Gear was their house of cards. It was because they were able to license all that. Because at that point, I mean, when Motor Trend on Demand happened was just after Top Gear, as far as the OG spec Top Gear. Well, uh, not our, the, the Clarkson era. The Clarkson era, era you yeah. know, that all was gone because they had had their breakup. They'd had their big fight and the grand tour was uh, about a year out at that point. So they were able to hide that all behind a paywall. would be like, hey, you pay us, I think at that time it was 10 bucks a month, and then you get access to this automotive holy grail of stuff. Yeah, and I want to say, fuck, was the drive like maybe 14 bucks a month? It might have been a little expensive too. I think it was over 10, which is a lot. It, it is, and that's where you have this, you do have this weird dichotomy that we as humans have when we comprehend money and value where yeah. a couple dollars isn't a lot to almost anybody 
But a couple dollars when it comes to a marketing standpoint can be the difference between somebody saying yes and no. That's why it could be the difference of billions of dollars and, well, for, for a company like Netflix. And I'm mainly talking about from a consumer basis from like a consumer saying, oh, yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah. Like nine ninety nine versus ten dollars. Yeah. It's practically the same. It is, yeah. But the person will choose a nine ninety nine product, but may not choose a ten dollar product. Well, yeah, and for say like the, the amount of subscribers that Netflix has, I don't know how many they have, but like if they go from eight dollars a month to nine ninety nine a month, that is billions. Yeah, a that's lot. Pro- it's probably could that's probably realistically touching a billion. Yeah, and I wish. So there's one mo- one model I'm going to bring up here, and we've talked about this um, a couple times before. I don't know about on the podcast. Um, one of the content creators I follow called Linus Tech Tips, he created his own type of platform on the side where they're trying to yeah. engineer this called Floatplane. I I kind of hope more things start to go to this model because there's it's- someone else that I follow actually that's on Floatplane, and I can't remember who the fuck who. It is. I think they're an automotive person. They have a. They have. They've like slowly grown. They have other stuff now, which is kind of cool yeah. to see. Because what's well, cool, you wanted to get us on there as an idea. So I emailed yeah. them, and they're like, "Hey, we're curating people because we're small and we're trying to like grow one like." Well, yeah, they need to time. be getting heavy hitters, mm-hmm. not people like us that have almost three thousand subscribers on YouTube. So what's cool about it is the fact that there's kind of two layers to it. You end up paying a fairly small amount just to be a part of Floatplane. But then you, um, or sorry, uh, actually, I I totally messed that up, and I'm logging into it right now so I can even verify this. Um, yeah, so basically how it works, it's almost like the glorious combination of YouTube as a video sharing service and Patreon at the same time, because how you get access to the person's content is you're able to subscribe to that individual's content on a monthly basis, and most of the time it's pretty cheap. It's like $2 a month. Yeah. Similar to like what Patreon can be. Mm-hmm. And then you get different things based on how it's tiered. And then you can. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, I also look at Patreon. To, but sorry to cut you off yeah, there, yeah. but like jumping in, like how many creators on YouTube either uh, have a Patreon or have a, a support or subscribe thing to their channel where you are, I think, where actually they call it memberships, where like you yep. can become a member. And there's a lot of reasons for that. That's be- you know, number one, of course, is they need to make more money because just as we even know, as small as we are, like yeah. the amount that you I mean, if pays we did that, pathetic. we'd have maybe three people that would do it. Exactly. One of them is my mom, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, the one's your mom. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're not big enough to do that yet, but you know, we, we can see that like the YouTube itself money is just not much. Yeah, you, you have to be real pumping to actually get AdSense to be worth a damn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of content creators already on YouTube use things like Patreon to fund for various reasons. They can keep their stuff a little more independent from other sources. They can eliminate ads. They can offer content early. Lots of different things. And so that flow plane basically does that, but all in one. So you're not having to go multiple different directions. And the part of the reason they developed float plane is they realized that YouTube, although it supports 4K, quote unquote, and other stuff, Almost always, that's they compress the ever living fuck, fuck out, out of it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's compressed. It they claim to support HDR, but in their testing, they found out they really don't. It's yeah. not true HDR. Right. So they wanted to create a platform that could actually support all those at the same time as directly supporting creators. And I yeah. kind of like that model a little better, where you could individually support at a very low dollar amount individual creators to get direct access to their content. And mm-hmm. I believe their revenue split is very generous. It's over 50-50. Like, the content creator gets... As well the, as should be. The majority, yeah. Yeah. And I wish that more things would go to that. It would be nice if it was more like a Coinstar thing, where, like, Coinstar takes 10%, and, you know, you get 90. Yeah. And I... Well, hopefully it gets to that point. But. Hopefully it does, but I, I would like more of, like, the content that we consume from, like, smaller individual creators to be a little more like that because yeah. those smaller creators are the ones that's much difficult like us to get really going in the youtube space because the youtube space is so huge and overly saturated in every single niche and he's even said linus that is has even said multiple times like i never he. i never want to say that i'm competing with youtube because that would be audacious and ridiculous like the suck the sucky thing is nobody can compete with youtube at right this very moment because youtube is by absolute miles the biggest video sharing platform tiktok's coming up though mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing about tiktok's like how do you monetize that exactly i looked that up at one point there yeah. are 
ways, but there are. It's funky to yeah. say the least. It's it's not being the nature of TikTok is effectively ADHD YouTube. You know. Yeah. Um. It's not something you can bake in a thirty second ad into a twenty minute video. Right. You know. Right. You can't do that. I know that there are ways that you can get direct monetization from TikTok, similar you to can. you know, similar to YouTube AdSense. Yeah. But it's you also have to be posting on there fucking constantly yeah it uh it seems to from what i researched that like the way that somebody consumes tiktok is the way they want you to post it so it's almost yeah. like you need to be posting every scrolls, other scrolls, hour scrolls, at, at, you know, at least yeah yeah and that seems like not a great idea for the social media general consensus for mental health in general mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's and and I've always struggled to con- I personally and I'm generally the antithesis with these things. I've I've struggled to consume content like that because like I want at least some meaning out of it. And quite often, you only have very few creators that can make meaningful content out of like thirty second bits. Yeah, because most of it's just funny shit, which is great. Everybody needs a little release, but sure. But at the same time, you can kind of have both where it'll be funny and like, oh, I learned something. At the same time, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. But most of the time, TikTok is more just slapstick. At best. At best. Yeah, there's a lot of cringe, and there's a lot of what in the actual fuck was that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's... The the media platforms that we currently have are quite interestingly diversified, and I... It, I mean, the, the, TikTok and YouTube are on the... Or they're in the same camp where that shouldn't necessarily be the thing that monetizes you or the thing that pays your rent, but that's the thing that gets you... Gets eyes on you. And yeah. you can direct them to direct your audience to somewhere else. So, like, yeah, if you and I get to like 20K mm-hmm. on YouTube, then we can like make a Patreon yeah. or something and have people go to there and actually support us. You know, um, maybe we do like an extra podcast a month or an extra podcast a week or something for like those, for like, depending on what tier you are, mm-hmm. exclusive members or whatever. Uh, maybe send out monthly merch items or. You know, et cetera. Bunch of different options that you can have. I mean, a lot of people effectively at this point use YouTube for a business front. Yes, Theory does that, and they're fantastic about it. They effectively at this point are a clothing brand that does cool lifestyle videos. Yeah. They have really... So the Hoonigans are. Same with the Hoonigans. Yeah. Like, a lot of people have done this extraordinarily smartly in in taking what fame that they could get. Smartly? Smartly, yes. That's the way I... Yes. Someone went to college. Yeah. Actually, I didn't. That's the best part. Yeah, no. (laughs) Um... But they they took the fame that they were able to gather and then used general media and marketing to just mm-hmm. fuel that fire. Mm-hmm. And that's the difficult thing is trying to do that without seeming like a sellout. Right. That's the hard balance. Because mm-hmm. anybody can go... I mean, hell, even we're making merch like this. Anybody can go out and make merch. It's not really that difficult. It's not. But doing that with and making sure the items are quality at the same time that making sure... You don't just make everybody feel like, oh, yeah. They're trying to sling their merch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is quite the teeter-totter to balance on. Right. And Or if you are trying to sling merch, you have to make sure you're slinging it to the people that are, f- like, so dull. And, like, n- not to crap on anyone in particular, but eight-year-olds. Yeah. You know, that you, that's, that's how you make your money, is you sell shit to eight-year-olds who will then go to their mommy and daddy who are trying to capture their child's attention in any by any means possible Mm -hmm. and they'll just buy them the shit yep but if you can do that to you know a million people or 10 million people then you're swimming in the good stuff that's how a lot of the like minecraft youtubers are big because most of them make content for effectively or like the paul brothers Mm -hmm. or fucking i don't know pewdiepie or like whatever all those guys you know they, they they at some point realize that a vast majority of their audience is young yeah, and or if you're a woman, yeah, thirsty men, mm. thick talk, as it were. <laughs> uh, sure, I don't know if you, no, that's actually a. Legit, I, I'm yeah, sure it is a sad, sadly, but legit category. Oh yeah, and yeah, it works. Sex sells. I mean, uh, granted, the movie industry has known this for <laughs> hundred plus years, <laughs> and a- advertising in general industry. I mean, like the way that people sold cars back in the 70s, 50 years ago. Put a pinup girl on them. Yeah, or, you know, like, oh, yeah, throw your bitch in the side scene, let's go for a ride, you know. And they knew exactly what would happen with all the horny men flocking. Oh, yeah. 
that, that's a, that, that's another podcast too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, uh, how long have we been going for? We're about fifty. Oh, cool. Well, uh, we have some stuff to do. Yeah, so, yeah. speaking of merch. <laughs> we're gonna shill ourselves. Uh, yeah, you know what? I I but will shill our stuff because we should. We really ought to. Um, especially when we're proud of it. We like, are. I, I I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. So we dropped a new hoodie. We did a little photo shoot of it over the weekend. I just dropped. Uh, well, I guess by the time that you're listening to this, this is about a week old now. Um, but yeah, we have a new hoodie. We still have like a bunch of shirts left and other hats and like mad stickers so if you are you know if you're in need of a hoodie or just want to support us um we have a new hoodie and we have t-shirts that are of incredibly high quality like surprisingly high quality very very comfortable and some some sick hats um and yeah go to www.exhibitionofspeed.com and you can find yourself some merch, some of those merch items. Um, th- everything except for the hoodies ships pretty quickly, and, it's, and everything's five dollars shipping. Uh, however, uh, the hoodies, because of the way we're, that we're doing this, and we're not sitting on a bunch of bulk items, um, there's just going to be like a couple week delay, just yeah. because you got to put your order in, and then we have to process it and send it to our person. And but we do them in batches, so um, if you do that, uh, thank you. But expect. Uh, to wait maybe a couple of weeks so yeah um oh look at that justin mcintyre added three new photos oh wow cool well oh yeah speaking about shilling merch justin just uh, shared some i shilled merch live on air sort of uh, live to your facebook yeah exactly um anyways cool well the reason why we're not recording this on a sunday is because my dad's birthday was at the time of this recording yesterday but we're doing birthday stuff this upcoming Sunday when cars and coffee and stuff is happening. So um, I won't be available to podcast or do any editing for us on that day. So if you're listening to this, maybe wish my dad a happy birthday. If there's a way for you to, I don't know how. Yeah. Maybe just say it out loud in your car or something. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Throw the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Good vibes. Uh, Turned 71. Wow. Yeah. Time, time is going by and I kind of feel like a piece of shit son sometimes because there's not, not to say that there's not much time left, but... You never know how much. That's true. My dad took care of himself, or yeah. has taken care of himself, still does, and comes from really great genes. His grandmother lived to be 100, and his dad uh, lived to be... Let's see. 92. Okay. And for over 60 years of his life, just constantly chain-smoking. Oh, yeah. So, pretty good genes. So, we probably have a good amount of time left, but... Still, wish my dad a happy birthday. Um, and until next time, I've been Gavin. And I've been Justin. And this has been the Exhibition of Speed podcast. Goodbye.